Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. Episode 129, A New Normal. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. Happy, oh my gosh, is it August? It is August. Holy cow. (laughs) The summer's flying by. I I know we've said that probably a few times this summer, but it's just, it's hard to believe. Yep. We're almost, we're almost on to vacation time for us. Which means we need to podcast before we go on vacation. Yep, we will do that for sure. How are you guys doing? We are excited to have all of you here with us. And first and foremost, I want to thank all of you who have been signing up for our newsletter. For those of you who haven't or just joining us and learning about the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast, welcome. You can sign up for our newsletter at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash newsletter. And you know what? Tonight we are behind the mics after... Sort of an eventful evening. We were hanging let's, out. Let's even just back it up to this morning with the with the uh, external hard drive. Oh, I mean, it's, yeah. it's just it kind of has been one of those days. Yeah, my external hard drive that housed all my backups for the first hundred and hundred fifteen or so, hundred sixteen episodes of the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast decided to go kaput. Bye-bye, no way to access any of those files ever again. So that started today, and I had a good buddy of mine who works for Viasat, and that's like his big thing that he even does for that company, which is a big tech company, and they do like government stuff and high security stuff. I mean, this is what he does for them. He he even took a stab at it, and he's just like, Tony, there's, there's no way you're going to get any of that information back so that was a downside nice side is i found a nice terabyte up at costco for 80 bucks so everything from about 115 on went to there gonna put stuff on the cloud from now on as well and i also have to go back and find all the others via the server so fabulous that was this morning that was this morning and then tonight you know we do our laundry on the weekends not unheard of for most of you I'm sure and um, I walk out you know quarter to seven we're 15 20 minutes away from putting the kids to bed and our garage is flooded our washing machine is in the garage and there's just water all over the floor (laughs) and it's not a line or anything like that it's the actual washing machine has sort of stopped in the sense spinning stops spinning but water is just coming out from the top Mm mm-hmm and flooding just all over I mean fortunately you know the many blessings in this a are clothes washer is stored in our garage Mm -hmm. so it's on concrete so you know we we've got friends i think about my parents you know everybody especially in a lot of the new homes now they've put the laundry rooms inside inside or on your second floor so it's obviously more convenient to the bedrooms and i'm thinking oh my gosh what a disaster that would have been um Mm -hmm. you know and so abby just jumped right in to help us clean up and it was kind of nice we actually cleaned out the garage and swept you know floors nice and clean yeah um, but yeah, it was just this sort of, <laughs> and you, you're wondering, well, why do you, why do you guys bring this stuff up? Because 
it is times like these when our true colors shine Mm -hmm. in marriages, right? Because if you guys are anything like us, these little instances can really set you off and take you down a path that you weren't expecting. For me, with the hard drive, it is what it is. Man, I am bummed. I, I It's you know, my fault, too, for not backing up in other places. Luckily, we do have all the files on our server at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. It's just going to take time to get them and put them back to where they need to go, so at least I have another backup of it. For the garage instance, man, that's a whole other story because... It's like Elisa walks out there and it's like, oh no, and the kids run out there and we're running out there and you know, we're trying to get it all together and the kids are in there and, and you know, there, there's and a little heated tension going on. Can I, t- can I tell them what the first thing out of your mouth was? What? Well, your whole thing of, you put too many clothes in the washer. Right, yes. I mean, it, I mean that right. was That was the very first, like, I'm like, okay, we gotta, like I'm trying to open up the garage and schlep all these wet clothes out to at least, you know, get them across. And he's like, why did you put so many clothes in the washer? I'm like, it wasn't about, I didn't stuff it. Right. But that was his first immediate like, I'm, bl- I'm blaming. This yeah. is not what I wanted to have happen tonight. And now we've got, you know, kids playing in the water because it's like having, you know, slip and slide in the garage. And, and you know, he quickly changed gears. You know, we all just started like after the initial zinger, which I was like, I seriously, dude, I didn't overstuff the washer. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what you said. <laughs> Nicely. I did not snap back at him. I just like, I didn't do it. So put the blame somewhere else. The washer came with our house almost 10 years ago. Yeah. It's getting old. It's probably time for a new one. Yeah. So. It, it actually doesn't spin often. So. It, it, yeah. It's stopping. But, but again, I mean, here's, here's one of those situations where everything's going on. I mean, we actually have the kids now, you know, in the middle of all this, our kids decide they want to lift weights mm-hmm. on the weight bench. I mean, there's water everywhere. Can I lift weights now? Yeah. And and it's just those times where you have to take stock of where you are in your marriage. And like Tony said, your true colors come through. You know, what is this going to be a series of one-liners flung back and forth where the blame's flying and you know there's nothing getting done? Hmm. Or are you going to say, "You know what? This is this is what our reality is right now." Yep. And you know what? For us, we just like Elisa said, we look at the bright side of life. The floor is clean. We got to clean some stuff up. You know, I have a bunch of dumbbells and weights and some boxes that were on the floor that really didn't need to be on the floor anymore. So we just took this opportunity to schlep out all that water, clean off the floor, move some things around, cleaned it up a little bit. It's dried off now. You know, we left the garage open while we were out there and we're good to go. We, we, we move on. And I will tell you, one of the greatest things when you get to this point in your marriage, it's you forgive, you forget, you move on. Mm-hmm. You, you know that one line, that one liner that Elisa brought up, it's done. You know, we bring it up and mention it here so that you guys hear that and know that this happens. But really, it's done. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and Elisa's not going to carry this over my head. You know, she isn't going to come back in two weeks and go, oh, do you remember when you said that to me? And so now I'm going to hold that over you. So I'm going to withhold sex from you. No, but we've done it through talking, right? Mm -hmm. We've put effort into this, our attitude, and we have a motivation. We, we, We are motivated to make our marriage the best that we can make it. Right. 
And so we just wanted to reiterate that to you guys from last week's show because so many of you really like that team. You know, we are a part of this team Mm -hmm. together. And you'll hear more of that from us because we really, really do believe that's going to start becoming the foundation of what One Extraordinary Marriage is on. Mm -hmm. You email us, we're going to come back to you and go, hey, are you talking? Are you putting effort into your marriage? Is your spouse putting effort into your marriage? So we can get a read. We can get an understanding where you guys are. Right. You know? So, and and then going on from there, you know, what's your attitude about Mm -hmm. your spouse? And then are you motivated to have an extraordinary marriage? Well, not just are you motivated, but what is your motivation? And what is your motivation? Because, you know, we can all be motivated um, to make a change, but what's really our motivation? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that'll be, as you write into us, as you call in, you'll hear us respond, you know, using those, using those points, mm-hmm. um, because we found time and time again over the last couple of years that, you know, it kind of comes down to those four things. And if you can get those four things in alignment, you're able to tackle probably 95% of the problems, if not more that you guys are facing. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, um, we actually got a call. I think it was two weeks ago. And uh, with just everything that we were doing last week, we didn't get a chance to play it. But Tony's going to play, play it for you now. And it really is, um, it's where this episode comes from. I'm yeah. talking about a new normal. There we go. Hey, Tony and Lisa, this is John. And uh, I am calling from uh, Illinois, but I started listening to your podcast in Germany, if that helps you check off another box. Yep. Um, wanted to uh, answer your question about uh, what, what we're interested in and... Uh, I guess one of the things that, that has been hitting us in our marriage lately is, has been the kind of the downside of all of your marriage vows. You know, you have for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, and uh, for better and worse. And, and you always expect it to go richer and uh, better and, and uh, healthy. And life doesn't work out that way. And so one of the things that uh, I'd like to hear more people talk about is it's particularly there's a lot of good information on uh on getting well if you're sick but there's not a whole lot of information on dealing when your spouse is sick and uh my wife's been struggling with uh Lyme disease for about the last year and a half we've probably got about another year to go uh in her treatment um but uh it's been a real learning experience uh, dealing with all of the stuff that goes along with that, the energy levels, the, the you know, mental abilities, and and just having to really recalibrate uh, mm-hmm. expectations and, uh, you know, realistic uh, expectations of, of what is possible. Um, and, you know, all of the books and all of the uh, advice people and self-help folks will say, well, just go get it. And uh, that works real well if you're dealing with two healthy people. Um, but it doesn't always work so well if you're if one of you is sick. So that's uh, that's kind of the, the hot button that I, that I see as a glaring hole in the uh, marriage education uh, arena. So uh, not sure if you guys have any experience with that or could uh, gather some, but... Um, there's a there's definitely a hold there. Hey, appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, keep up the good work. A uh, hundred or so episodes is uh, not too shit. Thanks. Bye. Well, I thank you very very much, John. 
And you know what? You bring up a great topic. Mm -hmm. You really do. And we do have experience with it, not necessarily personally, but working with many other couples Mm -hmm. over the years, you know? So we're going to come to come to you from that perspective, you know, being able to sit beside people and talk to them through this and what they've been able to do and hearing their feedback. So we'll let Elisa kick it off there. Well, I mean, this is a topic and, and the reason we actually titled this show a new normal is because when this type of situation occurs in your marriage, it creates a new normal for the two of you. It, it changes how you relate to one another physically. It changes how you, you know, it changes your finances, you know, medical issues, even with the best insurance, there are still financial issues um, that weigh down. You know, if you've got somebody that's taking care of someone else, if you've got somebody that needs to take off time, you know, there's all those types of financial issues. There are spiritual issues. You know, when somebody gets sick and you're wrestling with how do we maintain our spiritual intimacy? Because um, while we haven't dealt with any type of prolonged illness, in our marriage, some of the things that we have had to, like, for example, we, um, with our son, Andrew, you know, when we were dealing with, with the decisions to make for the week of his life, that his life was in jeopardy, um, as I had started to go into labor and the knot and, you know, what do we do? And, and you have those spiritual questions that are going on. So we're going to tackle this from a number of different, um, aspects because you have to create a new normal in terms of all of your intimacies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is whether you're dealing with, you know, a short-term illness, you know, that maybe it's, it's for a brief time or if in like in your case where you've got a prolonged illness and your normal could be a life-changing new normal. Um, and for those of you who don't know what Lyme disease is, um, it's, you can get it through um, a tick, if I'm correct. And the reason I know this is many, many years ago when Elisa and I, before kids, were hiking a lot here in Southern California, we did our longest hike one Saturday, and it was a 20-mile hike. So we did 20 miles in one day. It was an out and back out in the Cleveland National Forest um, just west of Orange County. And I remember getting back to our apartment that evening, you know, after this long, grueling day, getting ready to take a shower, taking off my pants, taking off my boxers, and there's a tick bore into my thigh. I mean, a little bit higher than my thigh. I mean, it's up sort of like the the hip area. And it, I mean, its heads just bore in there. And and we had read, you know, prior uh, to getting into this distance of hiking that, you know, ticks carry, can carry Lyme disease. And so, oh my gosh, you know, it just, clicks off in our head of like, oh, oh, what's going to happen? They could. Well, Lisa ends up pulling this thing out, flushes it down the toilet, never to be found again. We didn't know any better. We didn't know any better. We end up going to the hospital because why? I don't remember. I think your mother told us we had to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe my mom. We were, we were very young in our marriage and yeah. you know, Tony calls and tells his mom he's got a tick and she's like, get to the emergency room. So we go to the emergency room. They go, well, where's the tick? We go, well, we flushed it down the toilet. So we are in a state of anxiety for some time because we started reading about Lyme disease Mm -hmm. and what it can have. I mean, it can have a a pretty major neurological effect on you. Well, and I just, um, 
obviously you can find anything you want to know on the yep. internet, but it is a bacterial infection um, spread through the tick, like you were saying, but it, there are num- three different stages of Lyme disease, but um, in stage two, you can have paralysis or weakness in the muscles of the face, muscle pain or pain and swelling in the knees and other large joints, heart problems. Um, the stage three, you can have abnormal muscle movement, muscle weakness, numbness and tic- tingling, speech problems. So, you know, so John and his wife right now, for those of you listening, and John obviously can probably give us a much better detail of what's happened. They're going through a pretty tough time. Mm-hmm. This isn't some like, hey, my belly's aching and I, and I got the flu. I mean, they, they have gone through some tough stuff. And I'm sure many of you have also dealt with sickness prolonged that have impacted your marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I actually um, had a great conversation this afternoon with a girlfriend who's been dealing with a breast cancer diagnosis and mm-hmm. all, all everything that comes with that. And, um, you know, just talking about her, watching her and her husband interact with each other. And yes, they, you know, they, their physical intimacy changed for a period of time while she was going through her treatment and, um, her, you know, her medical procedures and whatnot. And, you know, talking with other women that have dealt with, medical issues and how, you know, they've had to learn physical intimacy because sometimes you just can't do what you've always done. Mm -hmm. It's not comfortable or there's a lot of pain or, you know, physically you can't do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got to figure out what you can do. Don't get so fixated on, well, we can't have sex anymore that you forget that there are all other, all these other different ways to have physical intimacy. And like Elisa said, that's your new normal. And what really cracks us up sometimes is when people go, I just want to be normal. What does that mean? Honestly, what does that mean? Because over the years that we have done this, there is nothing that is normal. There, there really isn't. And I, I think that, uh, that idea is perpetrated on in magazines, mm-hmm. on the TV, on billboards, on the internet. There is no normal, especially when it comes to our physical and our sexual intimacy. There's a lot of things that are similar. You know, a lot of people have missionary or, or have sex in the missionary position, but that's a similarity. When it comes to normal, I mean, it is just all over the board. And so where you are at this point in time, when it comes to your sexual intimacy, it's a new normal. It's not going to be possibly missionary. It may not be rear entry. It may not be some crazy deal, but it's going to be something that allows the two of you to connect. Mm-hmm. And that, that is the key. That is where, you know, the sun shines for you guys. It's because you've learned something new. It may end up being oral sex. It, it may be a hand job. It may be, you know, whatever that is that allows her to get off. Is it not intercourse? Maybe not because the pain is too much for her at this point in time. But does it still allow you guys to connect in a way that allows the two of you to be one? Mm-hmm. And And that's, that's part of the learning process 
Most you know, definitely. when somebody is diagnosed with, a, you know, a chronic illness or um, has, you know, needs to be in rehab or, or whatever it is, um, you know, physical therapy, that type of thing, where there, you know, there's been a change, a life change, you know, everything that the two of you, your marriage has to learn the dynamics all over again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've, we've talked about the physical side, but you also have to, you know, learn how this is going to impact your financial intimacy, you know, you're going to have differences in, you know, somebody may not be able to work. How does that impact the finances? You've got, you know, medical appointments and doctor's bills and things like that, that, that start to come in and add up and, and create financial stress. So you need to make sure when somebody's, when you're dealing with health issues, that that communication about finances is, it's important and that you're having those conversations just so that everybody's on the same page. You're obviously not trying to burden one another with this, but don't get so weighted down if you're the one that's not sick with the financial burdens. Mm. And if you can't tell your spouse because of, of how serious the illness is, then find a trusted advisor that you can just relieve some of that stress because we've shared it with you so many times. Financial stress is an intimacy killer. Mm-hmm. And it, it just is. I, I've, I think I've answered three or four emails this week talking about financial intimacy and just saying, you know what, you've got to get your finances straight. Yeah. Because that'll just, that'll just bury you. That'll just bury you. So, you know, figure out a new, you've got to figure out a new plan for your finances mm-hmm. with illness. And, and, you know, especially if somebody can't work, you've got to figure out, um, you've got to work on your spiritual intimacy. When somebody is sick mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with questioning God, there's nothing wrong with, with asking the why question. Why is this happening to us? But again, when we talk about you know, attitude and motivation, it's where do, you, where do you find yourself stuck? Are you stuck in a good place where you're like, yeah, you know what, this stinks. And I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but we're going to figure out the best way through this. And we're going to lean on our faith community and we're going to, you know, we're going to turn to God. And while he may not have the answers, you know, we may not receive those answers here on earth. We're still going to go there as our source, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to pray together and we're going to lean on each other instead of, you know, pulling away and saying, you know what, God, I'm done with you. Because, you know, and granted, this is on a much smaller scale, but when we were dealing with, with what was going to happen with Andrew, the one thing that kept me going in the midst of this crazy storm that I was in was knowing that I was going to see my child again in heaven. Like this was not going to be a, we deliver Andrew and that's it, you know? And so having that faith in the midst, you know, and even beyond in the midst of my depression and working through that horrible time, there was still a hope that I was going to see him again because of where my faith was based. You know, not having, not even having that faith, I think would have been a challenge for me and and for a lot of women. And, you know, I speak from the female side because obviously it's the girlfriends that I'm talking to that are dealing with health issues and whatnot. Um, Their faith helps them to make it through Mm -hmm. because they know that there is something greater than themselves and they can find, they can find the good in their situations. Um, 
you know, talking to a friend and, you know, dealing with breast cancer. It's definitely, you know, we're at that age where numerous friends and whatnot are dealing with breast cancer. And so we know quite a few. Um, but she was talking about the fact that, that reconstruction was kind of the silver lining mm-hmm. for her. That, you know, she was going to get the breast she always wanted. You know, that type of thing. And so while, you know, some of you listening might be going like, are you kidding me? That's craziness. For her, after the diagnosis and hearing the words breast cancer, you've got to find where the positive is. You can't dwell and let your attitude dwell in that negative place. Right. Because it'll, it'll kill your intimacy. If you are dwelling in that place where, you know what? This is just, it, it's awful and no good will come out of this. And, you know, every negative thought is where you're living. How can you expect to have the intimacy with your spouse? Male or female, you know? Right. I mean, if, if it's a guy and, he, and he's just burdened by a diagnosis, then, you know, you need to be able to, to pray together and to have that spiritual intimacy. Male or female, you've got to lean on each other and lean on God. But again, it is okay to question yeah. and that's normal and that's human. And, you know, you've got to go there. Um, you know, you've also got to focus on your, you know, again, what can you do? What can you do from a recreational standpoint? Can I jump in on the spiritual? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think some of the good things there is that you find something that touches both of you. And for the most part, each and every week, you guys are connecting there. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a new normal, you know, where before it may have been, you know, you're, you're on par to do it six or seven nights a week. Maybe because of what's happening, you're only making it two or three nights a week or days or whatever it is. That's okay. Don't put the burden upon yourselves. Don't feel shame. Don't feel guilt because you're not doing it like you used to do it. It's okay where you're at because you're going through a time and going through some big issues here, right? And so what I don't want you to feel is I don't want you guys to feel guilty because you're doing less than what you were doing before. Do you notice this, that we go through life and we're on a high and we're just like, yeah, I'm doing this and I got this going on and this going on. And then all of a sudden, boom, you get sucker punched with something like this. You're going through Lyme disease. You're going through cancer. You're going through, uh, you know, maybe your spouse has, you know, type 2 diabetes or whatever could be happening, a car wreck, drug addiction. You, you know, those are illnesses, all of them. And you're going along and you're like, man, I've been so rock solid in my faith and I've been doing it six, seven days a week. And now all of a sudden I'm doing two or three and I see it in people. They get so down. They're like, man, I just, you know, I just, I can't do it. I haven't been able to do it like I used to and this. And and I'm thinking, well, how many days are you doing it? Well, two or three. What's, what's on your plate now? Mm -hmm. Look at how much more you've had to take in. So if you're able to sit down with your spouse two or three days, I mean, we know that you're still praying to God. You know, you're still praying. Maybe you're not doing it with your spouse but that's okay. It's a new normal. You got to you got to adjust and you cannot continue to slap the blame and the shame and the guilt on top of it, folks. You can't. 
you know, you are a great person. You are absolutely holy and wonderful and beautiful in God's eyes. Even if you're only doing a devotional with your spouse three days a week during this time. You know? Or even once a week. I mean, or once a whatever you know, it is. I mean, I'm just is I'm just putting a number down. I mean the important thing is that you're still you're still working on your spiritual intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not been completely shelved where you're like, Yeah, well that we're not working on that. Yeah. Table that. You know, you're still working on growing together. And that's whatever that looks like in this change of events, you know, you, you're still moving forward. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's at a slower pace, but you're still going forward. forward. Right. You know, so, um, yeah. Spiritual intimacy, recreational intimacy, recreational intimacy, um, depending on what the health restraint or constraints are, you may not be able to engage in the same recreational activities that you used to before. Right. Um, you know, and what that means is that you, you know, you've kind of got to go back to some of those lists, like the list in the book, when we talk about recreational acti- uh, intimacy and activities that you like to do, maybe it's time to do a new list. Yeah. You know, start thinking about what you'd like to do and, you know, new things, new things with that are still possible with whatever your restrictions are. Or maybe you even challenge your restrictions. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I'm not flying in the face of any medical recommendation, so don't say that. But, but sometimes what happens when we're sick is that we get this, this victim mentality. Like, well, I can't do anything because I'm sick. Right. And so we fall into not doing as opposed to saying, well, you know what? I know I don't feel 100%, but I wonder if I could still try and do this. You know, and maybe I won't, you know, I mean, for example, maybe you're trying to do a 5K and you know what, instead of saying, you know what, I can't do a 5K, I'm sick, I can't do it. Like, well, I'm going to try. Like, I'm going to set my sights on this 5K for, you know, an organization that you believe in. And, you know, 5K is 3.2 miles. Maybe you only walk two miles. Yeah. Maybe that's all you physically can do, but you know what? You did it. You did it because you got up and you moved. Yeah. And it's something your spouse can do with you. I mean, you guys can walk holding hands. You can, you know, maybe you can ride a bike. Maybe you can find different activities that you haven't done before that now you want to try because life is different. So don't stop doing, because when you stop moving, then, then you really do start dying. You know, and... You, you still got to move, folks. You, you got to get out there and you got to do those things with your spouse to just do stuff together. Right. You know, go take a cooking class. Go watch a movie. Get out of the house. Because sometimes when we're sick, that's the other thing that happens. We, we become shut in because it's easier mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, we don't want people to stare at us if there's been, you know, physical changes. Um, but at the same time, when you don't go out, you lose the ability to connect with the world. Right. And you lose, the, you lose your sense of connectedness with others. Yes, people are going to stare. Yes, people are going to make rude comments. Um, that, that's Unfortunately, that's human nature. 
and I can't protect you. There's nothing I can say that would protect you from that. But if you're going with your spouse, guess what? The one who will protect you and defend you to the ends of the earth is right there by you. Mm. So even if you have some idiot say the most ridiculous thing, your spouse is going to be right there either to defend your honor or to turn it into something really, really funny so that you both start laughing at how much of an idiot that person was. I mean, let's face it. You guys probably do that now every once in a while when somebody, you see something really stupid. Sorry. I like stumbled over the word stupid because we aren't allowed to say that around our kids. Um, <laughs> so like I started uh, stupid. Um, but your spouse is your biggest defender, should be your biggest defender and protector. And it's like, you know, gal I was talking to this week, she's getting ready to have another procedure. And I said, well, if you need anything, let me know. This. And she goes, well, you know what? I've got a big strapping husband that's going to take care of me. Yeah. And, and I just, I loved the way she said that. It wasn't that she wouldn't turn to others for help if she didn't need it, but just her reliance on her husband to say, you know what? He's got me, he's got my back. She was telling me how he's going to be at the hospital with her that day and, and how, you know, he's just going to have his book and he's just going to, you know, he's going to take her to the hospital. And when it's all done, he's going to bring her home and take care of her. And you could just tell how much better she felt about what was coming up mm-hmm. because he's got her back. Yeah. You know, and, and so what are they doing in the meantime? They're going to concerts and they're doing this other, you know, these other things because you know what? Right now she can't. And uh, can I go back to the physical part of go these things to the too? I know we talk about sex here a lot. <laughs> I know that. It's an understatement, but okay, go ahead. Right. But you know what? This might just be a time where you're just, you're doing more of the, the touches, you know, the hugs, the kisses. You're going back to that point. Very interesting. A, a, a good buddy of mine, his wife went through surgery and with the surgery, she could not have, they could not have sex for six, eight weeks, mm-hmm. eight weeks. And he said, you know what, Tony, it was a blessing. And I was like, really? Go t- tell me more. I, I want to hear how this was a blessing. And he goes, well, you know, before this, he goes, you know, we were having some issues. And I said, yeah, I know. We talked about that. And he goes, well, you know what? It just made me realize how special she is. And not because I want to have sex with her, but because of who she is. And he goes, you know, during that time we weren't able to have sex. He goes, but we made it a point to just hold hands more often, to hug each other more often, to kiss more often. He goes, I realized how I brushed those aside so often because all I was was doing was pursuing having sex with her. And he goes, it just made me realize during this time that when I couldn't, we found other ways that kept us connected, which he goes in turn, he goes, has allowed us now that we've been able to get back into having sex, that it's much more special. Now for John and you guys, it, that it's a little longer. I mean, you guys are going to go almost on two and a half, maybe three years. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that's what you guys got to do, but it might just be at those low points because if I'm right with Lyme disease, it, it can sort of cycle as well, if I'm correct. I don't I remember. I think so. I'd have to look that up. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's, you know, it's during those cycles that you guys know when it's low, it's low, and we are going to be connecting with each other 
by holding hands, by kissing, by hugging. That is our normal. When you're on the higher, you know, when it's swinging up, well then, hey, how about we're able to have sex? That is that is not hurtful. And when I say hurtful, it doesn't hurt her or you or either of you during that time. So something I just wanted to bring up because, you know, sometimes when we can step away and just go, okay, you know what? The bigger picture is we just need to connect. Mm-hmm. You know, we just need to be able to continue to connect. And, you know, the financial issue, wow, that does, that just brings a lot of stress. So folks, please talk about it with each to each other about that. Be open, be honest, you know, what's going on. Don't hide the bills. You know, that's, that, I understand you want to protect your spouse and maybe, you know, your spouse has said, hey, just handle this right now for me. I would say the spouse who is sick, don't, I know you're hurting. I know it. But at the same time, just allow your spouse to just say, hey, you know, some bills came in. We got to handle this. I'm, I'm trying to make ends meet. You know, understand that your spouse is there protecting you. But he's, mm-hmm. he or she still needs you there. You still need to be, still need to be present. Can't just be, you know, out for the count and woe is me because, and, and that's, that's my attitude. I got to say, this is, this is the way I look at life, man. The, the glass is half full, you know, we're going to make it through. Well, and it's, it's, I mean, it's the first thing that we talk about with team. It's talking and that that's when you're faced with a new normal, you have to talk through all of these different aspects you have to talk through how your life has changed. Don't assume or make judgments on what your spouse is feeling or thinking. Um, as we've learned from some of our listeners over the past who have dealt with uh, you know, chronic diseases, sometimes you don't talk about it. And then you know, before you know it, you two are sleeping in opposite sides of the house and you're wondering if this is what the rest of your marriage is going to look like. Whereas a little communication goes a long way and you might just discover that there are different ways to bring intimacy into your marriage. We've had, we've shared these stories on the podcast. Um, there's one couple in particular, you know who I'm talking about. Um, oh, I can't think of his first name right now. Uh, he was sleeping downstairs in the chair and she was upstairs in the bedroom. Chuck. Chuck. Thank you. Like I'm totally spacing because I know we were talking about John earlier and I'm like, but you know, here's Chuck finds it very uncomfortable to sleep in his bed and has for a while. He and his wife are basically, you know, two strangers living in this house because she sleeps by herself up in the bedroom and he sleeps by himself in the recliner because that's the most comfortable position. They're in a sexless marriage. And then they start talking and realizing that they both desire intimacy. There's just some physical limitations there. So Chuck goes and makes the effort to see what he can do to change that. His wife makes the effort to say, you know what? If you're upstairs in our bedroom, game on. Mm-hmm. And then they change their attitude. And really that's what hers was. Hers was more a change of an attitude to say, you know what? I'm game if you are, buddy. And they were motivated to make their marriage work because they didn't want this condition Mm -hmm. to define their marriage. 
it happened within the framework of their marriage. And really, that's what illness does. It happens within the framework of our marriage. But it doesn't have to be the definition of your marriage. And you don't have to let it destroy your marriage. If you're willing to talk, put forth effort, mm-hmm. you know, have an attitude. It's like we heard one of our, our pastor, teaching pastor this weekend say, attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. Yeah. If you make the choice to have a positive attitude, you can get a lot of this other junk under control. Yeah. And then keep your motivation. I mean, you guys, you guys that are dealing with this, you are motivated to make your marriages work. You wouldn't be looking for other resources to help you through this if the motivation wasn't there to rekindle that intimacy. You know, just like John in this phone call, he's like, you know, there's all kinds of books, you know, about, you know, once you're better and, and this type of thing. What do you do in the middle? You have your new normal. You have your new normal and you stop comparing yourself to all of these people out there. You stop looking at the magazines and the grocery stores. You stop, you know, the reality is, is that very few people are honest about their marriages. I mean, it's, it just, everybody kind of puts on this mask and everything's good. And, um, so don't compare yourself to everybody else because you just don't know what their normal looks like. Yeah. The pretty picture is sometimes just a pretty picture. I've heard it time and time again. I've seen it with our friends, you know, great house, white picket fence, two cars, three kids live in the life. And it's a house of cards that comes tumbling down, not necessarily because of illness, but just because of decisions that are made within a marriage. So don't base and compare yourself on what those people look like. You worry about your own house you worry about you and your spouse and maintaining the highest level of intimacy on all levels of intimacy that you can with the person that you said, I do. Mm-hmm. Because just like John said, you know, we wish for all the better, you know, all the good parts of our vows. The reality is you're going to get some of those bad parts too. So work on getting to the as long as life shall last yeah. part together focusing on your intimacies in the best possible way that you can in your current situation. And you will make it through. Mm -hmm. You will because you're focused on each other and not on all the negative and all the bad stuff. And if you, if you keep your eyes on each other and on God, you're, you're going to survive this. Yeah. I think I, I think we're going to close it there, you guys. I mean, Elisa hit it on the head. Look at your new normal. All right? That's the big thing. Look at your new normal and make it happen for you. For those of you who have gone through long-term illness with a spouse, we want to hear from you. The community needs to hear from you. So call in 858-876-5663 or Hit us in an email, info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Do you guys know that you impact thousands and thousands of listeners the world over? They need to hear your voice because you can impact somebody today. And you do that by emailing us. You do that by calling in and leaving a voice message. 
so that we can share your stories when we come across other people. You guys got a story that we need to hear that the One Extraordinary Marriage community needs to hear. So don't hesitate. You pick up your phone, 858-876-5663 or info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com and you share it. You can also go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com, episode 129 here, and you can leave your comment. That allows anybody who's searching and seeing, and when we put that up on Twitter and Facebook, they can see what's happening you know, in your life, how you are dealing with a, a spouse who is sick or you being the spouse who is sick, all right? And lastly, make sure you sign up for our newsletter. You can get that at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash newsletter. We give you all sorts of great tips and highlights and great, great info there. Stuff you won't even see on, on the website and stuff we don't even talk about on the podcast. So with that, we love you guys. We hope you have a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you.